Thank you for listening to the Crossridge Podcast. Today's message is by Senior Pastor Mark Farnell. For more information about Crossridge Church, visit our social medias or go to our website at crclife.org. We hope you enjoy the message. As you're being seated, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to 1 Timothy chapter 1. We are continuing in a relationship series titled The Blessed Mess. There was a young woman who was engaged to be married, and a week before her wedding, one of her friends asked her the question. She said, do you really love Jim? And she said, yes, I do. I really love him. I worship the very ground his father discovered oil on. (laughs) A mistake that many of us make at times when it comes to our relationships is focusing on what we get from our relationships instead of what we give to our relationships. It's easy to focus on getting because we are getters by nature. Paul talked to us about the works of the flesh include selfish ambitions. John warned us about the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, and the pride in one's possessions. It's easy for us to focus on getting because we live in a getting world. We regularly hear the message, get this, get that, get, 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 get. We like to get, we expect to get, we want to get, we wait to get. Now there's nothing wrong with getting or there's nothing wrong with receiving. We have received every spiritual blessing from God in Christ Jesus. God just wants us to focus on giving. Jesus made this clear to us uh, during his earthly ministry. Jesus said, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever believes in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Jesus said that the son of man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together, and running over will be poured into your lap. For the measure that you use, it will be measured back to you. Paul reminded the Ephesian elders and us today that Jesus said, it is more blessed to give than to receive. You see, we're called to be givers in a getter's world. Thankfully, God equips and empowers us to be givers by his Holy Spirit in us. God wants us to put our giving on display in the canvas and on the canvas of our relationships. Paul demonstrates this for us in relationship with Timothy, his son of the faith. Paul wrote 1 Timothy to Timothy, his son of the faith, and and Paul had a special relationship with Timmy. Paul was uh, speaking to Timothy, and Timothy was pastoring the church in Ephesus. He was serving as a pastor there in Ephesus. Paul left him there to minister to the believers there in Ephesus. And uh, in chapter 1, if you look at chapter 1, several things are happening. Paul encouraged Timothy to preach and teach God's word. In chapter 1, Paul encouraged Timothy to rebuke, to confront the false teachers who were trying to lead the believers away from the truth of God's word. In chapter 1, Paul also encouraged Timothy by sharing his personal testimony with Timothy. And 
Paul's personal testimony continues to encourage us this morning. So I want you to look with me in 1 Timothy chapter 1. We'll pick up in verse 12. Paul is writing to Timothy and he wrote these words, I give thanks to Christ Jesus our Lord who has strengthened me because he considered me faithful, appointing me to the ministry. Notice Paul thanked God for saving him, for strengthening him, for considering him faithful, and for appointing him to ministry. God saved Paul and God strengthened Paul for ministry. This was his message to Timothy. We know God saves us and God strengthens us for ministry today. Paul continued, even though I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, and an arrogant man, but I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance in unbelief. Paul now shares, before his faith in Jesus, Paul thought the way to a relationship with God was through works was through obedience to the Old Testament law, was through legalism. And so Paul was sharing, real honestly, he said that I was formerly a blasphemer. Paul, formerly, before his faith in Jesus, denied faith in Jesus is the only way to a relationship with God. Paul spoke evil about the people of God. Paul said, I was also a persecutor. That means Paul did evil to the people of God. Paul was arresting them and beating them and throwing them in prison, trying to destroy the church. Paul said, I was an arrogant man. Paul was full of pride before his faith in Jesus. He thought more highly of himself than he should have thought before his faith in Jesus. Now, Paul sincerely thought he was pleasing God by these actions that he did for God, but Paul was sincerely wrong. And he's sharing this in his testimony. God saved Paul in spite of Paul's sin and ignorance and unbelief. God did not give Paul the justice and punishment Paul deserved for his sin against God. Instead, God gave Paul the beautiful gift of his mercy. And Paul's giving testimony to this. He said, I received mercy because I acted out of ignorance and unbelief. He continued to verse 14. And the grace of our Lord overflowed along with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. Paul said, as if God's mercy wasn't great enough for my life, God also gave me, I received the amazing grace of God as it overflowed into my life. Paul said, I also received the agape love of God, the unconditional, selfless, sacrificial love of God that is for me in Christ Jesus. Paul said, I also received God's gift of faith that allowed me to receive God's gift of salvation in Jesus. Paul's making this clear point to Timothy and us. Paul did not deserve his salvation. He did not earn his salvation. It was a gift from God to Paul by God's grace and mercy and faith and love for him. And he continues, and he says in verse 15, this saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and I am the worst of them. Notice Paul didn't blame, he didn't excuse, he didn't ignore his life before his faith in Christ Jesus. He owned it. He was honest. He said, I am the worst of sinners. He owned it. Now, he rejoiced that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, and he said, I'm the worst. And then he continued, 
In verse 16, he said, but I receive mercy for this reason, so that in me, the worst of them, Christ Jesus might display his extraordinary patience as an example to those who would believe in him for eternal life. Paul said, I was the worst of the worst of the worst of sinners. But God did not give me the justice and punishment for my sin that I deserve. He said, no, God saved me. Paul said, God saved me so that he could demonstrate his extraordinary, that means unlimited, that means perfect, so that he could demonstrate his extraordinary, his unlimited patience in me. Paul said, I'm an example that God can save anyone because I was the worst of the worst of the worst. And God saved me, thereby giving everyone an example of the extraordinary patience of God as he saved me, which is a message that he can save anyone. Now notice, watch this, I want you to look at verse 16. We are in God's word. You and I are in God's word. Paul said, this was an example, God's salvation of him, his extraordinary patience was an example, he said, to those who would believe in him for eternal life. That's us. We are those who believe in Jesus for eternal life. Like Paul, we have been saved by God's grace through faith in Jesus. Like Paul, we have received God's grace and God's mercy and God's love and God's faith in Christ Jesus. Like Paul, God saved us by his gift of grace to us. We didn't deserve or earn our salvation. Like Paul... God demonstrated his extraordinary patience in you and in me as he saved us. Paul said, my sin was great, but God's grace is greater. I say, my sin is great, but God's grace is greater. You say, your sin is great, but God's grace is greater. This is our testimony today. The testimony of Paul is our testimony. God demonstrated his amazing, his extraordinary, his unlimited patience in us as he saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. Our sin is great, but God's grace is greater. Praise God for his amazing grace to us in Christ Jesus. And so we see Paul in this testimony is leading up in his testimony to the extraordinary patience of God. In this testimony, in this passage of Paul's writings, he's focusing our attention on the extraordinary, unlimited, perfect patience of God. The next ingredient for thriving relationships that God wants us to look at is patience. And everybody now can groan and go, patience. We're going to talk about patience for the next few moments. Patience is actually a combination word in the original Greek language. It comes from the word makros, which means long, and thumos, which means temper or passion. Patience means to be long-tempered, not short-tempered. Patience means to suffer long. It means to be slow to get angry, to be slow to get even, to be slow to get heated up. Patience means the ability to be falsely accused, misunderstood, provoked, and wronged, and not seek to retaliate. Patience is being able to receive without retaliation. 
Patience means constancy. It means endurance. It means steadfastness. And patience is vitally important for you and for me. God has demonstrated his extraordinary patience in us, and each one of us could give a testimony, much like Paul did here in this passage. I'm sure you, as well as I, could give testimony to the extraordinary patience of God in our lives. And so it makes sense then that God, in regards to our relationships, would desire for us to make sure that we include the ingredient of patience so that we can enjoy and experience blessed, thriving relationships. So let's look at a couple of points about patience real quick. Number one, God's a patient God. God is patient with you and God is patient with me. God is long-tempered with us. God is not short-tempered with us. And we can all say glory, hallelujah to that. We know that God does not retaliate against us due to our sin against him. Peter reminded us of this, and Peter told us, God is patient towards you, not wanting any to perish, but all to come to repentance. God patiently drew us to himself as he saved us by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. God patiently grows us in our faith in Jesus. God patiently makes us more and more like Christ Jesus. God patiently convicts us of our sin day by day. God patiently forgives us of our sins as we confess them to him. God patiently continues his work in us. God patiently continues his work through us. God patiently continues his work in others. God patiently continues to use us in his work in others' lives. So we need to be patient. We understand patience is a blessing from God. God is patient with you and God is patient with me. God is constant. God is enduring. God is steadfast with us. In an impatient world, we have a patient God. Amen? What a blessing that is for you and me. God's patience blesses us. God's patience encourages us. When you stop and think about it, I know at least it's true for me, when I think about God's patience with me, it encourages me to pursue him. It encourages me to seek after him. Because that patience is an aspect of God's love for me. And that patience draws me to him. It encourages me to pursue him. But patience also frees us. Patience, God's patience blesses us. God's patience encourages us. But God's patience frees us to live for him. It just frees us to be able to live and love his way. God is a patient God. Therefore, we know the second point is clear. It's obvious God wants us to be patient. God wants us to be patient. God demonstrated his extraordinary patience in saving us. God wants his extraordinary patience then to be seen in and through us. He poured it into us when he saved us, and he wants it to be seen in and through us on a day-by-day basis. Paul told us, be patient in affliction. Paul said, as God's chosen ones, put on patience. James told us, be patient until the Lord's coming. Patience is a must for us as followers of Jesus Christ. We also know patience is a challenge for us quite simply because we hate to wait. God knows this. We know this. And those around us know this. We hate to wait. We want what we want and we want what we want when we want it, which is generally right now, right now. 
Now, the reality is we can all, and we do in some measure, this is true of all of us, we can all produce and express patience. Every one of us can. We can produce and express patience, some more than others, uh, but we can do it. The problem is this. Our patience pales in comparison to God's patience. Our patience is short-tempered. Our patience retaliates quickly. Our patience gets heated up rapidly. Our patience wants to get angry and get even quickly. Thankfully, we know patience is a fruit of the Spirit. Paul told us in Galatians chapter 5, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Therefore, we know as followers of Jesus Christ, this is good news for every single one of us sitting in this room. Those of us who claim the name of Jesus, I've got good news for us. As we walk by the Spirit, that means as we surrender ourselves to God each day, as we humble ourselves before God, as we live out our faith in God by our obedience to God, by His power at work in us, as we give up each day and we say, God, have your way in and through me throughout the day, as we walk by the Spirit, God produces his patience in us. This extraordinary, unlimited, perfect patience of God is the patience he produces in our lives as we walk by his spirit, as we seek him first. And God produces that patience in us because he wants it to overflow from us into our relationships. He wants it to pour out into our husbands, into our wives, into our children, into our coworkers, into our families, into our friends, into our brothers in Christ, into our sisters in Christ, into our neighbors, into our acquaintances. He wants that to overflow from us into others. And so we know and understand the evidence of God's work in us is his patience through us. Now, God's at work in us, and he's got a lot of work still to do. Amen? I know he does with me. And so we understand and realize that God desires us to be patient. He's a patient God. He's pouring that patience into us. He's producing that patience in us. And he obviously desires us to be patient with one another and all those God places around us. So three targets for our patience, real quick. Three targets for our patience. God's a patient God. He wants us to be patient. So three targets. Number one, God wants us to be patient with him. The psalmist David said in Psalm 40, verse one, I waited patient for the, patiently for the Lord. He turned to me and heard my cry for help. David reminded us of the importance for us to wait patiently for the Lord. God's in charge, not us. We want his way. We want his wishes. We want his will for our lives and relationships. As Paul reminded us, for it is God who is working in you, both to will and to work according to his good purpose. God is at work in us, and he knows what he's doing in us. He knows what he's doing with us. He knows what he's doing for us. He knows what he's doing through us. He knows what he's doing around us. So we need to wait patiently for him to continue and to complete his work in us. We need to wait patiently with God as he answers our prayers. We need to wait patiently with God as he gives us his wisdom. We need to wait patiently with God as he heals our hurts. We need to wait patiently with God as he matures our faith. 
We need to wait patiently with God as he works in us. We need to wait patiently with God as he works in others. When we get impatient with God, we turn away from God. We take matters into our own hands. We push God off the throne of our lives. We take that spot and we do what we want and we do it when we want. And we ultimately end up turning away from God and sin against God. And ultimately we miss out on all that God is doing in us and what he wants to do through us and around us. And so it's so important for us to be patient, to wait patiently, first and foremost, for the Lord. We see throughout Scripture over and over again, the heroes of the faith, the men and women that we see in this word, God, in most of their cases, at some point in time in the testimony of their lives and of their faith in the Lord, God called them and God showed us the importance of patience. He called them to be patient. And so we know and understand how important it is for us to be patient with the Lord. David understood this. He waited patiently for God to promote him to being the king. David patiently took care of his father's sheep. He patiently dealt with the lion and the bear, which allowed him to be able to be at that point to deal with Goliath. And David himself said in Psalm 20, in verse 7, wait patiently for the Lord. Be strong. Let your heart be courageous. Wait for the Lord. God's timing is perfect. Amen? We all believe, I think we all believe and would, would indicate God's timing is perfect. It's not our timing, but his timing is perfect. So there's no reason for us not to wait patiently for the Lord. His timing is best. His timing is perfect. And that patience, as God produces that patience in us, that's part of God's work of growing us in our faith and trust in Jesus. One of the ways we see that, that spiritual growth and maturity happening in our lives is because of the patience that we begin to be able to demonstrate and show. And at times, that patience just started oozing out of our lives, and we're like, whoa, wait a second, I, wow. Or our loved ones, our husbands, our wives, our kids, who normally duck and cover, they, they're like, wow, that was different. It's that patience. David said, wait for the Lord. His timing is perfect. So God wants us to be patient with him. God wants us to be patient with ourselves. Paul said in Philippians 1 and verse 6, I'm sure this, that he who started a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Once we enter into God's family by his grace through our faith in Christ Jesus, when we become followers of Jesus, at that very moment, we enter into the lifelong journey of becoming more and more like Jesus. It's a lifelong journey. God completing that work of salvation. The good work he started in us is the good work of salvation. The good work he's completing in us until we see Jesus face to face is that good work of sanctification, spiritual growth, maturity. God's making us more and more like Jesus. And you know as well as I know, I know we could all testify, the reality is spiritual growth, spiritual maturity takes time. It takes time. It's not necessarily just a steady climb all the way up. There's ups and downs and turns and twists as God grows us in our faith and trust in Christ Jesus. And God is patient with us. And we've seen that. 
He demonstrated his extraordinary patience in saving us. He continues to be patient as he grows us in our faith in Christ Jesus, carrying on that work until completion. He's producing this patience in us. So we know God is patient with us. We must be patient with ourselves. There are times when we are our own worst enemies. We, at times, will put unrealistic expectations on ourselves. Spiritual expectations, relational expectations, marital expectations, financial expectations, career expectations, friendship expectations, whatever the case may be. We'll put unrealistic expectations on ourselves and we hold ourselves to those expectations. They're unrealistic, which means they're not going to be met. We can't meet those expectations because they're unrealistic. We don't have any reason for those expectations. God doesn't have those expectations on us. God's patient with us. God's working with us. And he's working through us. He's working in us. And yet we, God's patient with us, but we're not patient with ourselves. And when we fail to meet up to those expectations that we've arbitrarily placed on ourselves or that we've allowed others to place on us, we become distressed. We become stressed out. We become discouraged. We, we get fearful. We get afraid. We get angry. We get upset with ourselves. And when that begins to happen, when we're impatient with ourselves, there's not going to be much other than impatience available for others. And so at times, what God wants is his word is clear. He calls us to wait patiently for him, to just relax, to seek him but to wait patiently for him. He's in charge. He knows what he's doing. He's got it. He's got you. He's got me. Maybe whatever it is that you came in and you're battling with, you're struggling with, maybe it's a, a situation, a circumstance, a decision. And what God may be saying to you is just be patient. Maybe it's continue to be patient because you're walking with patience. And praise God if that's the case with you. And God's just saying, continue to be patient. He's got it. It's a way in which we yield to his sovereignty. It's a way in which we yield to his control. It's a way in which we're able to say, God, you are my good, good father, and I'm loved by you. We're going to wait. We're going to wait patiently for him. We're not going to bump him off the throne of our lives and take that place. No, we're going to wait patiently for him in our business. We're going to wait patiently for him to, to take care of that situation, that relationship that burden. But then when that's happening, we also need to be patient with ourselves. God's at work in us, growing us. Yes, there are times where we turn away from God. Yes, there are times we go our way instead of God's way. That's why he convicts us. That's why we have the blessing of forgiveness by the blood Jesus shed for us on the cross of Calvary. God forgives us, he restores us, and he continues his work in and through us. And then God also wants us, the third target is obviously to be patient with others. God wants us to be patient with others. Paul told us in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 14, and we exhort you, brothers and sisters, warn those who are idle, comfort the discouraged, help the weak, be patient with everyone. Say that with me out loud. Be patient with everyone. Be patient with everyone. That includes us and all those God places around us. Here's what you and I know. God is working in others just like he's working in us. God is patient with others, just like he's patient with us. 
Therefore, God wants us to be patient with others as he continues his work in their lives. Because God calls them to be patient with us as he continues his work in our lives. And I think if you just stop for a moment and and dwell on this one truth, I, I think you would agree. There are few things more powerful for our relationships, and there's few things more powerful in our relationships than patience. This this fruit of patience just unlocks so many blessings for us and for our relationships. And this fruit of patience that God is producing in us, this extraordinary patience, allows us, in regards to our relationships with others, to bless others. Allows us to truly encourage others. As Paul was doing with Timothy, saying, hey, Tim, I'm the worst of the worst of the worst. And yet, let me just testify for a moment. Look at what God did in me. And Timothy, he used me as the example that he can save any folks, anyone who receives God's gift of salvation by his grace through faith in Christ Jesus. It allows us to encourage others. It allows us, when we're patient with others, it allows us to pour into others, to share with others at times where we have stumbled, tripped, and fell. How God has rescued us, how God has restored us, how God has redeemed us. How God has renewed us. How God has reinvigorated us. Allows us to encourage others. Because we've not always been where we are today with the Father. And so what our enemy wants is for us to get impatient with others. And he wants us to put expectations on others. And he wants us to put deadlines on others. And he wants us to think to ourselves, hey, listen, I'm going to keep giving and I'm going to keep giving. But if they do this one more time, I'm out. I'm out. That's it. That's my line. And what God wants for us is to understand the importance of patience. It allows us to encourage others. We need to draw boundaries. Yes, sure, that's important. We must draw boundaries that protect us. God desires us to draw boundaries. But we must always... Always be willing and ready and able to be patient. It allows us to encourage us. It allows us to love others. Patience really allows us to minister to those God has placed in our way. So we know God is patient. He wants us to be patient. He wants us to be patient with him. He's at work. Don't get in his way. We don't need to get in his way. He's at work. He's doing a good work in you and in me. We need to be patient with ourselves. And we need to be patient with those God places around us. So the key question is how? How can we pour patience into our relationships? How can you today? How can you tonight? How can you this week? How can I? How can we pour patience into our relationships? The first step, it's real simple. It's real easy. Stop driving. I mean, seriously, stop driving. Walk everywhere. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. For some of us, you laugh and you know that would probably be a great first step. That would be a great first step. Um, as true as that is, take that for whatever it's worth. It's not the first point. The first point, uh, we know and understand that, that God's calling us. He's calling us to be patient. 
And he wants us to, to look to him and to lean on him and to love him. Uh, and so we need to be patient. And so God wants us to be thankful. He wants us to be thankful. We can thank God for his patience with us. And that's a daily prayer of thanks to God. He's patient with us. He's patient with me. I understand this. I know this. I know how patient he is with me. We need to be thankful for God, his patience with us. We need to be thankful that God produces patience in us. He produces his patience in us, and I am so very thankful for that. When we understand the gravity, when we understand the grace, when we understand the glory, when we understand the greatness of God's patience in us, we will gladly pour his patience into our relationships. And so when we think of how can... I pour. How can you pour patience into your relationships? And, and obviously, there, there may be those moments here this morning where we're, we're, we're thinking of one folks, one person or, or a few folks that come to mind that really uh, test us in the area of patience. And when God puts us around those folks that are a challenge for us to be patient, that's a good indication. That's the, that's the siren that God's letting us know. I am putting this person in your life. You have a relationship with this person because I'm producing patience in you through this person. When God wants to produce love in us, he puts us around folks who are challenging to love. When he wants to produce patience in us, he puts us around circumstances and situations that press on us to be impatient. And so we we're thankful that God's patient with us, which helps us to keep our minds on him, trusting in him. And then it leads us to, number two, be prayerful. The second step is to be prayerful. Jesus told us, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Whoever asks receives. Him who seeks finds. And the one who knocks, the door will be open. So we need to ask God to help us see ourselves as he sees us. We need to ask God to help us see others as he sees others. We need to ask God to help us love ourselves as he loves us. We need to ask God to help us love others as he loves others. We need to ask God to be patient with ourselves as he is patient with us. We need to ask God to help us to be patient with others as he is patient with others. We need to ask God, we need to beg God to produce his patience in us. Prayer helps us to be humble before God. Prayer helps us to keep our eyes on God. Prayer helps us to rely on God. Prayer helps us to walk in obedience to God. Prayer reminds us to walk with the Lord. Prayer reminds us to wait for the Lord. Prayer reminds us to watch for the Lord as he does his work in our lives, as he changes us, as he changes others, as he works in our lives, and as he answers our prayers. Be thankful. Be prayerful. And the third step is be intentional. Paul would tell us, be intentional. Paul said, and Paul actually commanded us, and it's an imperative, it's a command, as God's chosen ones, put on patience. He said, clothe yourselves with patience. What Paul is telling us is that God is serious about this with us. God wants us to be patient. God is at work in us. He's at work through us. And as followers of Jesus, we are witnesses for Jesus. We are ministers for Jesus, and we need to be intentional about living for Jesus. God wants us to live what we learn from his word. He wants us to walk by the spirit, not the flesh. He wants us to deny ourselves, take up our cross daily, and follow him. He speaks intentionality to us throughout his word. 
He wants us to be intentional when it comes to living for Jesus. And he wants us to be intentional as it relates to this ingredient of patience. He wants us to embrace the power of patience. But God also wants us to stop for just a moment and count the cost of impatience. Impatience damages us, others, in our relationships. Impatience causes anger, anxiety, discouragement, disunity, fear, hurt, pain, embarrassment. When you think about those times when you have been the recipient of someone's impatience, But imagine one or more of those feelings will come right to the forefront of your mind. When you think about those times when you've been the one to be impatient with others, one or more of those feelings was more than likely heaped onto those who were the recipient of your impatience. And so when we talk about being intentional, what that also includes is we must seek forgiveness for our impatience. We must seek forgiveness. Those times when we're impatient with our words, those times when we're impatient with our actions, those times when we're impatient with our words and actions, we need just to fall on our knees before the Father. We need to ask for his forgiveness, and then we need to quickly go to those that were the recipients of our impatience, and we need to ask for their forgiveness. We need to ask them to forgive us. But we also, as difficult and as challenging as this is, we also need to show forgiveness to those who are impatient with us. Even when, and most importantly, when they choose not to seek our forgiveness. Because whether others seek our forgiveness or not, when they have sinned against us, we must forgive them because forgiveness is for us. It's for us. And so it's vitally important for us to seek and show forgiveness. When you think in the context of relationships, think of it in this way. You can use the context of a marriage. You can use the context of a parent and a child. You can use the context of brothers in Christ, or you can use the context of sisters in Christ, whatever the context may be. What we see, what God's wanting is as followers of Jesus Christ, when it comes to this issue of patience, what God wants is for us to seek forgiveness when we are impatient with others, and he wants us to show forgiveness to those who are impatient. And so the goal is that we have two folks that are running together, and they run head into one another. And one is running because they want to show that forgiveness. And one is running because they want to seek that forgiveness. And so that forgiveness happens. And that patience continues then to do its work. And that impatience is eliminated. And you have relationships that thrive. What our enemy wants is for us to stay divided by impatience. To not go and seek forgiveness when we're impatient. And to certainly not show forgiveness to those who are impatient with us because that allows the division to get stronger and stronger. And it allows the enemy to continue doing his work. You see, God wants us to understand once again this morning 
Something that we clearly know and understand that he wants us to be reminded of this morning. Patience blesses us. Patience blesses others. And patience blesses our relationships. Patience breathes life into our relationships. Patience builds trust in our relationships. Patience eliminates fear from our relationships. Patience eases the pain and hurt in our relationships. Patience produces growth in our relationships. Patience pours love into our relationships. Patience strengthens our relationships. Patience glorifies God. Patience blesses our relationships. Patience allows us to enjoy the freedom that God desires for us in our relationships. And patience allows us to be a blessing to those God places around us in our relationships. Patience allows us to bring honor and glory to our great and almighty God who demonstrates his extraordinary patience in us, with us, through us, and around us, day by day, moment by moment, step by step. Patience literally allows you and me to please God. As Paul says, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. And certainly as we speak words of patience with others and to others, and as we show actions and deeds born out of patience to others. We're able to bring glory to God. We're able to please God. We're able to help others know Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. God is a patient God, and he wants us to demonstrate that patience with ourselves and all those he places around us. We are recipients of the extraordinary, unlimited, perfect patience of God. So let's pour that into our relationships today and this week. Let me ask you to bow in prayer. As our worship team comes to lead in this response to the Father, I want to encourage you just to spend time with him seeking his face, crying out to him. Our prayer partners will be standing here at the front. They would love to pray with you, pray for you. If you have need, care, concern, they would love to do just that. Our altar is all open as it always is for you to come and kneel and do business with the Father. To respond to him. Maybe God wants you to go and minister to a brother or sister in Christ. To bless them, to encourage them. Maybe you know they're going through a challenging time and, and God wants you to go and to pour his love into them. Maybe you need to be reconciled to a brother or sister in Christ. Maybe as husbands and wives, maybe what you need to do is just lean over and right there where you're seated, you just need to have your personal time with one another in the Lord. And just spend that time seeking and showing patience and seeking and showing forgiveness. Maybe God's bringing that person, those folks to your mind that he's wanting you to specifically pray and ask for his help, for his power to continue showing patience to them. Listen, God is patiently drawing us to himself this morning. For those of us who know us, he's patiently drawing us to come closer and closer to him. For those who may yet have 
a relationship with God. If you've not received God's gift of salvation by faith in Jesus, if you're sitting here and your testimony is, you know what, Pastor Mark, I'm kind of like Paul, I guess. I, I realize that I've never received this gift of salvation by faith in Jesus. Then let me tell you, God's got you here as a demonstration of his extraordinary patience with you. He's drawing you into a relationship with him. We would love to tell you how to come to know Jesus as your Savior and Lord. You could leave this place completely changed for today and forever from the way you came in by receiving God's gift of salvation. By his grace and patience at work in your life now, through your response of faith and trust in Jesus. Jesus took your place on the cross. He paid your price for sin. He's the perfect Savior. Innocent yet convicted as guilty. He hung on that cross for you and me. He died on the cross. He was buried in the tomb. On the third day, he rose again by the power of God. Victorious over sin and death for you and me. He walked out of the tomb alive. He is alive today. He longs to have a relationship with you. And faith in Jesus is the only way into a relationship with God. Faith in Jesus and his death, burial, and resurrection which opens the way for us to receive forgiveness of sins and enter into a relationship with God. Today can be the day of salvation for you. We'd love to introduce you to Jesus. Let's stand and let's worship the Father together in obedience to his command.